0: Hello! Ta-da! There you are. (laughs) Sorry. No, no worries. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: You know, just trying to keep busy like everyone else, I guess.
1: Yeah. Hanging in.
0: Something along those lines, yeah.
1: You seem to be keeping busy.
0: Yeah, I'm doing a lot of stuff. That's good. Well, there's a lot of free time. I figured I'd make the most of it. That's good. Letting the beard grow a little long though needs every time I look at it, I need to cut it.
1: Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a a global beard growing competition right now. So yes,
0: I've heard. I'm about <laughs> nine thousand three hundred seventy-six. So you know, I'm a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, uh-huh. so welcome to the twenty-second episode of a chat with Matt. I have been busy. Apparently, I've had twenty-two episodes. <laughs> um, so today I'm joined by a former professor of mine, as well as the. Person behind Music Matters, Catherine. Thank you for joining me today. It's wonderful to see you and catch up, and know that everyone's still doing good. Andrew, we actually have Andrew in the chat right now, so
1: I see. Hello, Andrew.
0: So, Catherine, why don't you just give a quick summary of who you are, what you do, and all that kind of stuff?
1: So, yes, I, I teach at Durham College in the Music Business Management program. Um, I'm actually going to be taking on the position of coordinator next year, which oh, is. Wow. I think. Um, just released brand new information first to know on your show. Um, uh, and yes, I have a company called music matters, uh, where we deal with all forms of rights management. So, um, licensing and music supervision for productions and helping songwriters and performing slash recording artists with, um, knowing how to, uh, Secure their rights and get royalties, um, all the different ways that you can get royalties, rights management, basically. So, right. yeah, and then I do workshops on the side. I have a new program that I'm hopefully going to be launching in the summer, which is exciting that I'm working on because I'm trying to keep busy right now. So, yeah. Oh, busy,
0: busy, in a, busy. In a nutshell. In a, in a nutshell. So, Let's let's start with Music Matters for a second. Uh, what What's new with, you mentioned a new program. Is it anything you can share? Are you still kind of workshopping and figuring it out? or
1: So my my thing is that the more I talk to people in the world that aren't in the Music Business Management program, um, there's things that, that you need to know. And it doesn't matter what side of the table you sit on, whether or not you're an artist, a songwriter, or you're on the other side um, as a, a manager, producer, whatever. There's things that you need to know. And I, I always use the example of charge $6 or more if you're playing a live show and you can start accumulating token so royalties. So little things like that, that are, there's, there's a, a knowledge gap um, where people who are in the, in the industry assume everybody else knows and people who are, you know, working in the you don't know what you don't know. Right. So, um, The program i'm working on right now is basically a um a a, a do-it-yourself artist or industry um music business person um thinking it'll probably be about a 10 to 12 week course um with you know um, group meetings and obviously everything will be online get some industry professionals that i know in there um yeah so it's still kind of a work in progress but hoping to to launch it in the summer yeah, no,
0: something that I've started doing recently is I've been starting to do consulting with like artists and bands and stuff like that just to really see where everyone's at the there you're, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of uh, knowledge that a lot of people don't have that aren't able to do the music business management program. So what you're talking about is exactly what's needed right now. And there's a huge hole in the market. Right.
1: Kind of. and, and that's not to take away from from things like, like post-secondary education. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the program at Durham College, you know, I've taught at other schools and... And it's an amazing program, as you know. Um, But not everybody wants to or can go to college. So it's just kind of bridging that a little bit.
0: Yeah, exactly. A couple messages in the chat already. Uh, Alexa has chimed in saying, hi, Catherine, my queen. Uh, Uh Little underscore cam underscore things. Ooh, this course sounds amazing. Yes, it does. It sounds very amazing that we should all take it. So obviously you mentioned MBM. Music business management. For those who don't know, I'm curious about your background and how you got into that. So, how, how, and when did you get into the professor role?
1: Oh, the professor role. I got into um, quite suddenly. Uh, Marnie Thornton, the current coordinator of the program, uh, my my mentor, good friend. Um, I had always been. know Marnie I want to teach Marnie I want to teach Marnie I want to teach which is a great way to get jobs by the way um so what happened was I think Evelyn taught you law right so uh, Evelyn wasn't able to teach one semester so Marnie um called me up suddenly and said Catherine come teach and I taught contract law for um one semester and I didn't know what I was getting into. I wanted to try it. And I immediately fell in love with it. I was, I love it. I, I love teaching. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so when was that? Like a, a long time ago or not too long ago or?
1: Uh, six, six-ish, sixish years. Okay. So
0: like it's more than half a decade. So a little bit of
1: time. <laughs> Thanks okay. Matt. Well, oh, oh, <laughs> that's not what I meant.
0: Um, but, uh, I'm curious though. On how much has the industry changed from when you first started teaching to now? Like, has the curriculum changed a significant amount, or is only just like little things?
1: Um, what I teach, so yeah, yeah. The music. I mean, the music industry is always changing. You have to keep on on top of that, right? So, um, but that's what's kind of exciting about it too. The curriculum. There's the foundation stuff that I teach, like in in contract law and clauses and Copyright and um, you know royalties and royalty systems, and then you know in our music business practice class, how you get a recording out. And so yeah, things change. There's always that foundation, though, and um, so for six years, wow, yeah, I guess a lot has changed in six years. But remember, I also started in the music industry in 1996 when I think it was the exact same year that Napster started. Around mm-hmm. that time, yep. so you know, I can't remember what changes happened when because it's just always constantly changing. No,
0: I, I, I agree completely, especially with everything going on right now with this outbreak and everything like that. Like the platforms changed altogether. Like,
1: right? But if I can give a little pep talk for a second. Go ahead. Um, I think the the music industry is always the kind of one of the first in entertainment to be hit with anything like we were first hit with streaming. Um, we were kind of the first hit with this virus because live shows shit a theater as well, right? Um, live, everything live shut down. Um, and then it kind of seems like the other part of entertainment looked to music. Okay, but my point is wait, so I'm, I'm kind of going off tra- track here. Um, it's it's so adaptable the people that are in the music industry is so adaptable and if you look at the history of music um you know it it was playing things live only to recordings to copying music on cassettes and radio and you know it's, it's always has this little it's like every 20 years bam something big happens and it adapts to it and I'm not going to lie and say that you know there's not a lot of things going on. A lot of people aren't working. A lot of people are hurting. But I think there's there's little there's something here that is going to happen, and it's going to be big. And um, sorry, I just see that Philly Eilish is going live right now. So a little bit of competition. Um, something big, and just kind of looking for that and and seeing the adaptability of the music industry that I've seen for the last 25 years. That it's definitely going to change, but it's going to be okay. Music is never going to go away. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Speaking of uh, the outbreak and how it's kind of like, you you said closed a lot of stuff. How did it affect uh, the college and what happened on campus with MBM? Like, I didn't really hear too, too much about it.
1: Um, It was interesting. Uh, My classes, we went on Zoom, had um, some live classes. Uh, But I was able to do that sent or the music business practicum course uh, I, I don't know how many of your, your viewers know what that is or your listeners but um that was difficult because we always put on an end of year show and have an end of year recording um so we basically the students were able to do um their first live stream show which was interesting and a learning experience I think the biggest hit was probably Oshawa week that that happens every year because that had to be uh, shut down, but again, overwinding Catherine. Here, um, it was an opportunity to learn what happens when a, when a festival or a show shuts down like that, right? So, um, yeah, I think I don't know. It it, it, it everything just happens so fast, and it's even kind of hard to remember four weeks ago, right? Oh, wow. um, uh, the. The students were amazing. They stepped up. They, um, you know, they came to the Zoom classes and and had their little had chats online, trying to distract me. As I know, distracted in class, and can go off on different tangents. Um, but yeah, it was it was different. But it's amazing to me. I'm, I'm fascinated right now about how everybody just is adaptable. Like it's just the whole like you know I just said about the music industry and. now, students adapting and um i mean i hope everybody's okay i know it's not it wasn't easy um but yeah everybody just kind of stepped up and and it was hard but it was we did
0: yeah well i think what you just hit on you hit the nail on the head there it's like in a way it was a blessing and a curse i always keep using that because i'm trying to find a silver lining about this as well and the industry is constantly adapting it's constantly changing it's constantly evolving and I think the fact that the students who were especially involved with the Offshore Music Week and the Offshore Music Awards and all that kind of stuff
1: had to transfer all
0: of it in such a short time to live streaming and do all that kind of stuff and reorganize the event, it kind of gave them a reality of, hey, any, this is events. This is live entertainment. Anything can happen. The industry is constantly changing and evolving. Uh, do you think that Offshore Music Week might even like, keep doing some sort of live streaming element, or is that kind of just like one thing and then they're going to go back to the regular format?
1: honestly, I have no idea. Um, the The Osho Music Awards are, are still going on live yep. streaming. Um, um, but hey, why not? I mean, as, as you know, it's, it's a, a, a week-long festival that's put on by the students. Mm-hmm. And it's probably a good idea to learn how to do some of these things online, because obviously, there's things that can be transferred online. And May as well get practice with that while we can, right? Um, hopefully, this never happens again, and hopefully, we're fine by next April and can put on Oshawa Music Week. But I think that was one of the toughest things was having to cancel that. I, I felt like it was like a really hard breakup email when I sent it to to students that songs, because I just revealed yeah. revealed was being canceled, so it was hard.
0: Yeah, I think that'd be an interesting kind of adaptation to Oshawa Music Week because, like. In the past few years, because I remember I was a part of Real Music Festival when I was when right. I did it, so that was a little bit back. And then they rebranded and relaunched it as Asheville Music Week, which I was very jealous that I didn't get to be a part of. But it's fine, I'm not bitter. <laughs> it's it was a, me.
1: I do Songs Revealed. Songs Revealed was around when you were there, so.
0: I, yes, I did songs. <laughs> Revealed. I, I was a part of that um but i i think that'd be actually an interesting kind of aspect to like setting up the production side of things and maybe getting like some of the broadcasting students involved or just something i don't know it's brainstorming. yeah for sure like that let's try and like do live stream shows at the venues or just do a live stream conference the conference part of it like i think that would be a huge selling point for that event
1: yeah oh i agree and i think uh, last year we did s- live stream songs revealed while the show was going on which was cool so but yeah to have it um not just as a an aside that we're doing while it goes on, but to actually build it into the, uh, the Oshawa Music Week yeah, absolutely. probably should happen.
0: It should, absolutely. Time's changing, so should we. Uh, so a big thing that's been going around, obviously, and you mentioned it, is the industry's been hit pretty hard, the industry's the first to get hit. I- I'm curious your thoughts on, uh, uh, there's been a couple articles floating around about, like, the, the reality of the fact that, like, artists make their money through live and that royalty streaming percentages, then money they get from streaming is just minimalistic. Do you think that might have any sort of change or it's going to kind of be stuck at the same and artists kind of have to deal with it?
1: I knew you were going to ask me this. Yep. Um, <laughs> okay. Because I have thoughts and opinions on things and I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm not in favor of certain parts of the industry, but I think, okay. So first of all, I think when you look at streaming, you have to look at where the money is going. Who's making the money? It's, you know, everybody complains about Spotify is taking all of our money or, or things like that. They're not making the most money when it comes to streaming. Artists aren't making the most money when it comes to streaming. I think that I love labels. I think that labels are needed. I think that they do a lot of, you know, um, they spend a lot of money on artists and take chance on artists, chances on artists and, you know, with, with advances and, and development and all that kind of stuff however and i think that also when it comes to physical this is all my disclaimer right? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm making you walk on a tightrope here when, well, well no but it's fine i think a lot of people have the same opinion as me um when it comes to physical product there's a lot of money that goes into that and so the percentage of the label makes makes sense uh, you know uh look, look at the, the the past um you know, we, we see major labels posting how much money they made in the last quarter, and it's it's quite a bit. So perhaps something needs to change about what the artist is getting on that end. Is my, my very diplomatic way of saying that artists aren't making enough money in streaming, and it's not necessarily the platform's fault.
0: And do you think there is going to be a reality in which artists are able to negotiate better Royalty amounts for streaming or is it kind of just well,
1: gonna be- No, ev- everything is negotiable. I I think that the thing that has to change is um, how much artists are making. Okay. Okay. So do you remember royalty class briefly? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So artists make a percentage um, of what Get sent to the label, yep. Right, okay. That's the percentage that we need to start looking at. Um, and everything is negotiable in a contract. I mean, I think that, I think that what has to happen is you know people like Taylor Swift is a really strong negotiator when it comes to contracts, and I think when she starts changing stuff and and setting precedents, that that might help, right? She um. Oh, I'm trying to be really diplomatic here because I don't want to make it seem like I'm bashing labels because I'm not at all. No, think- oh, you're just you're just
0: giving your opinion and you're talking about it. It's all right. No one's mad.
1: Okay. Because I, you know, if any of my label friends see this, I don't want them to hate me because they are like they're 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 half the industry. Of course we need them and they, they do everything. They do a lot, but I think maybe that rate in contracts needs to be changed. Mm-hmm.
0: I'll I'll leave it there because I don't want to get you in any more trouble.
1: Thank so you. <laughs>
0: Uh, something that's obviously been huge as well is a lot of live streaming shows, like live streaming that we're doing right now. A lot of bands doing live streaming, and a lot of organizations are starting to put money towards those live streams, especially like SoCan's one that just made an announcement about that move. Yeah. Um Do you think something like that is going to continue post outbreak, or do you think they're only going to offer it during this outbreak and then kind of basically like like is live streaming essentially going to have a significance? More in the industry than it did prior kind of i
1: part. think I think it's absolutely going to have more more we're, we're going to see a lot more of that one thing that's interesting that I've been seeing is um, for independent artists um, you know I've seen a lot of independent I, I know uh, one um, artist who was doing a live stream and asked for tips and they made as much as they would at a venue. Um, you know, and another interesting thing I saw a friend was telling me about a friend of hers, um, an artist, uh, did a live stream free, but then did kind of this after party get together on zoom that, that he charged for. So, um, you know, here's the the thing that's, that's, you know, is difficult is artists, um, give stuff for free all the time. You know, like one of the first things that we saw when everyone was in lockdown at first was all these musicians going online just to make people feel good, like using their superpower, right? Um, and I think people wanna support music. And I think people, you know, there, there's, um, you know, ask like, like Twitch is starting um, to get really big asking for tips when, because when, you can get tips on Twitch, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I think it's absolutely an additional platform that a lot of independent artists especially can start to use. Mm-hmm. Or will start to use.
0: Yeah. So you think that will continue like after this is all over then? Or...
1: I I don't see why it wouldn't. Yeah.
0: No. I don't know. Just some some bands kind of have that mentality of adapt to the trend that's happening right now, and then when it's all going back to normal, go back to that old the old way we used to do things kind of thing.
1: But yeah, I think you can have both. Though I mean, going <laughs> live and doing a tour, do putting on an an entire tour, or even you know, live shows every weekend or, or whatever it is that you're doing, where you are in your career, that's that's a lot of work as you know. And this can be maybe on top of that when when you're in your downtime, but you need to perform, right?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, quick question from Manny underscore M square music. What changes can come in the live industry after COVID-19? Uh, a lot of venue closures, a lot of venue closures. We're already seeing a lot of that. And hopefully uh, we don't see any more. But Catherine, any thoughts on that?
1: I think we're going to see a lot of um, uh, interesting venues, like kind of like a like pop up venues type thing. Um, you know, uh, the there started to be before this all happened um, uh, house party promoters, which was really cool, and mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. People hiring bands, house parties. Um, I think you know, just little this the, finding some abandoned warehouse that, you know, don't tell the union, that. um, some little warehouse, you know, and have a little pop-up show somewhere. Because as I said, uh, artists and and people in the music industry are innovative and they're going to come up with, with ideas. And maybe we'll start to see smaller venues have a comeback as well or not not smaller venues, but the the middle, the middle venue eventually have a comeback after all of this, because like the five,
0: the five to 1000 cap kind of thing. Or?
1: Yeah, because it seems that we kind of everywhere in the music industry, we're kind of losing that middleman, right. So you know, we have the small venues and the large venues, maybe we'll start to see a comeback of that. I don't know. I don't know what it will be um yeah drive-in concerts that's happening now people you know they're starting to set up drive-in concerts which is really cool that was such a good idea and i'm mad i didn't come up with it
0: right obviously july talk announced uh, that in august yeah yeah even a couple of buddies festival buddies that because after i finished mbm i went to work for that festival company in in north york and i'm talking to a couple of my buddies who i worked with back there and they're already setting up potential drive-in festivals over the next year or so like they're those definitely going to make a huge swing
1: and how much fun is that like that's that's something new we get to experience now
0: yeah i, say, <laughs> I mean i preferably wouldn't want to just sit in my car but like you know like <laughs> if i have to
1: yeah but but it's a story it's a it's a yeah. vent. silver linings matt
0: Yep, silver linings i i seem to have a hard time with those and i've always had um Catherine, I'm curious, from your perspective with all the rights management and all that kind of stuff, what, what would be some advice that you have for up-and-coming bands?
1: There's so there's a, there's a lot of rights and royalties out there that um, up-and-coming bands are not aware of. So everybody knows about SOCAN, they are a songwriter. I have to do the two sides of the music industry, right? Um, if you're a songwriter, there's rights and royalties, and then if you're on the other side, there's rights recording or, and or performing artists, there's rights and royalties. You can be on both sides, but, so let's start with the writer. Everybody knows about SOCAN, sign up for SOCAN, charge $6 or more at the door. Um, yeah, it might suck to have to take out a loony on top of that $5 bill, but then you can start accumulating SOCAN royalties. Also make sure you're signed up with CMRA and CSI because um, as a songwriter, there's mechanical rights and royalties that happen for every download and screen that accumulates. Um, on the other side of the industry in, in recording, a lot of people know sound exchange, also make sure you're signed up with ReSound. So um, if you do own your master, you um, are getting sound exchange and, and um, ReSound money. Um, if you don't own your master, you're still getting sound exchange and ReSound money because you're performing on that recording um so those are f- four things that every um songwriter and or recording artist should be signed up with uh, that would be the, the biggest thing to make sure that you're signed up with hope everybody wrote that down if not
0: i'll make sure to re-upload <laughs> that clip specifically and just run it on loop uh so on the other side of it obviously you see a lot of the next generation of industry professionals come through MBM. You see who's grinding it out, who's working outside class, all those kinds of things. What, what advice would you have for those up and coming industry professionals, whether it be if they come through MBM or just gonna figure it out for themselves?
1: One thing I, 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 I tell students is um, someone has to do the job that you want to do, whatever that is. So you want, you want to be a producer? Someone has to be a producer. That's the first part. So the second part is someone has to do the job that you want to do. Figure out how to do it and do it better than the person beside you. That's, that's, you know, I hear a lot of times, oh, there's no jobs in the music industry. Music industry is blah, 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 blah. Did you listen to music today? Whether on purpose or not? If You know, did you go to the store where they're playing music? There's a music industry so you know see where you want to be figure out what you want to do and and be the best person that does that i've seen a, a lot of you know it's it's not there's there's um sometimes perceptions that it's a scary industry it's full of lovely people
0: and it's not it's not it's not even a huge industry especially the canadian industry like like I don't know if you went to one last year, but uh, the Unison Benevolent Fund Schmooze Fest event in Toronto, like just yep. seeing everyone there, it felt like I've seen so many people that I've connected with and worked with in the past like, couple of years. And it's just, it really reminds you how small this industry is. And like, it really right. is as hard to break into it as some people think. It's, it's what you said, it's putting that grind, that effort and really striving for that goal.
1: And, and, and then my second piece of advice would be because it's a small industry, don't burn bridges. Um, and the other thing too is, you know, people from my generation—we um, know what it's like to start out. We know what it's like to be where you are, and you know, we're happy to help and answer questions. Um, I know that uh, some people can be seen as intimidating, and I can't talk to that person, but you can—they're—they're—they're they're, they're
0: nice. No, no, no one's really that scary.
1: <laughs> no, and go to events like the the Unison. Ben, uh, uh, Event and I mean obviously we can do that right now. That's no. not very good advice. When, when it's
0: safe to do so, and it's not at 25 yes. capacity. So, Catherine, I want to thank you for taking the time to join me today. I know you're you're a mom and you got a house full of kids so you got You gotta keep. No, this is
1: great. I got a break from them and got to talk about music. Thank oh. you.
0: Well, there you go. Obviously, <laughs> you got you got a little musician in the house, don't you?
1: Yes, my daughter. uh 15 next month. Um, yes, she's a singer. She's put up some recordings. Madigan, if anyone wants to look her up. Um, Song, singing, that's what she plans on doing as much as dissuade her. Kidding, I don't. I'm fully supportive of her. I was <laughs> or, or do you uh
0: do you like, you didn't push her in that direction? Does she come to you for advice kind of thing? Like, oh, mom, what should I do? No,
1: God, I know nothing. No, nothing. And, and I didn't not, never push her in that direction. You know, her kindergarten graduation. What do you want to be when you grew up? She was like, rock star. So uh, she's just always something that she's always been a little performer and loved singing and, and stuff like that. And never comes to me for advice ever in the music industry because I'm her mother. No.
0: So what-
1: if, if, I, if she needs to know something, I'll tell you and then you go tell her.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Just send me a script. <laughs> I'll read it off. All right. So what's going to be next for you during this time in quarantine?
1: Um... Uh, setting up that program that I'm doing Um, also still I'm I'm finding a lot of uh, um, artists right now are working on their their business stuff that they need to be working on so um, helping out people with that and their rights management and making sure their catalogs are all set up properly not doing a lot of music or licensing right now because that's also kind of on hold but um, yeah and I'm addicted to Animal Crossing.
0: Um, yeah, I went through that phase too.
1: <laughs> you have apples? Send me some apples.
0: All right, I'll send you some apples. <laughs> uh, so who are, uh, what are three acts that people should check out?
1: Three acts that people should check out? Uh oh, don't do this to me, dude. Anytime someone asks me a question, I completely lose all knowledge of anything ever in names.
0: First three names that come to your head could be stuff that you like yourself, local artists,
1: local artists. I'm loving I love woolly locally. Um, I, I'm like a weird fan of theirs. I'm like this old lady fan. Of, oh, you're uh, not that old. Stop. No, seriously. It's like everyone. T- I, I, I just feel like they're Yeah, like, like I'm stalking woolly because I'm such a fan. <laughs> Anytime someone has something to do. I'm like yep, yeah, woolly. Um, woolly. Uh, Dizzy. Are they local? Yeah,
0: Dizzy's Oshawa.
1: Dizzy's Oshawa, right? Dizzy. Um, I can't think of a third band. I don't know, Not again.
0: There you go. I was I was going to say promote, <laughs> your, promote the daughter. Uh, so, Catherine, thanks again. Where can people find you? Uh,
1: MusicMatters.ca. Um, is my website. Music Matters on Facebook and Instagram. I think it's MusicMatters.ca on on Instagram, Facebook as well. So.
0: Oh, if you, people look up at the very top. They'll see the name of it, and they'll, and it'll be reposted. Okay. So This has been episode 22 of a chat with Matt. I got a couple more streams this week. I got Wednesday on the May 20th with Joel Alond of the Midnight Echo. They've been making a lot of moves and putting out some new music. And then Friday, another mentor of mine that I've gotten to know over the years and I've known, he's kind of helped me up since like 2013, 2014. Joe Buscema, one of my favorite people that I get to see do some amazing things. So I'm very excited. Catherine, thank you so much again. Thank you for having me. We'll be able to reunite soon, do an MBM reunion when this is all safe and done. Oh, that would be awesome. Yes. All right, everybody, we will see you on Wednesday at 3 p.m. Catherine, thank you again. Bye.